everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you today? Well, hey there, Sir Alan of the Roundtable. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little tired. Yeah? Yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, out partying late last night, were you? I'm out partying late, as I'm so wont to do. So yeah. wont to do, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, the same, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just club hopping all night long, and, uh, you know, woke up... I woke up tired this morning. I know that sounds weird, but... I got a good night's sleep. I went to bed at a decent time. I, you know, I didn't do my normal, you know, uh, thing where I screw with my sleep and, uh, and I'm still tired today. Well, I think we're going to find out ample evidence here in this episode that, you know, you, you need to go out and club. I, I think so too. I think yeah. it will help. Yeah. I think, I think that's what a lot of people in this episode need. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. We're speaking of season five, episode six, Ben's parents. Ben's today. Ben's parents. Yeah. Oh. We, this is, uh, you know, we left our last episode Ben and Leslie had gotten engaged, right? That's ben right. proposed. Yeah. It was very sweet. Yeah. And, and and now is what comes next, basically, right? Yeah. Telling the friends, telling the family, what could go wrong? It's the fallout from it. It is the fallout. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. This episode first aired on November 8th, 2012. It was directed once again, same as last week, by our buddy Dean Holland. No, oh, we like this him. Is, yeah, this is the 15th of 27 for him. And this was written by Greg Levine. Greg was the script supervisor on about 110 episodes. He actually wrote two different episodes. The Bubble was his last one and this one. He's also the producer of some other podcast about Parks and Rec. I, I don't know. I heard something about it. It's Go check it out if you want to hear that sort of thing. Those kids are going to make it. They may. They just may. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, hey, why don't we get into our synopsises and uh, we'll get the show on the road. All right. Synopsises incoming. Well, I broke this sucker down into three yeah. stories. Yeah. All right. All right. We got the A story here, which I entitled Steve and Julia sitting in a tree, punching and stabbing each other. <laughs> it kind of goes down on the end. There. It really does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie and Ben announce their engagement, which is what you were alluding to, uh, to the gang and go uh, through engagement party details with Anne. Although Ben is nervous about his parents coming because they are divorced and they hate each other. When Ben's parents do arrive, all hell breaks loose. Uh, Ben's father, the terrifying Steve Wyatt, brings his much younger girlfriend, Ulani, whom Ben's mother, Julia Wyatt, completely detests. The two waste no time taking shots at each other, and their catty behavior becomes completely unbearable. Leslie does her best to defuse the situation, but Ulani's presence was something Leslie and Ben hadn't predicted. Finally, Leslie calls upon the thing she is sure will fix everything, her masterpiece, the Nope Wyatt Unity Quilt. What will happen? Can Leslie convince Ben's parents to get along? Will Leslie's mother, Marlene Griggs Nope, make things better or worse? Does the Nope Wyatt Unity Quilt save the day? Stay tuned to find out. Dot dot dot. I like it. Yeah. I uh, I I struggled with my eight or my you know my storyline titles this week. I, I decided to go with music again. And so my first one's called uh, it's an homage to Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. Mm. Mine's called Quilts and Candy. Oh, so I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You never have enough candy. No, never enough. All right. So my B story is uh, entitled Making Dreams a Reality <laughs> or Maybe Just Go Clubbing. Tom and John Ralphio are preparing to pitch Tom's idea, Rent-A-Swag, to Ron, who is considering investing some startup money. After a flashy, loud, ridiculous rehearsal in front of April and Andy, 
April convinces them that they need to start over and tailor their pitch to Ron, mm. you know, straight to the point. At the engagement party, Ron learns Tom is partnering with John Ralphio, a, a fact that does not make him happy, Hungo figure. D determined to make the pitch work for Ron, Tom prepares to pull an all-nighter, but John Ralphio lazily implies he has no interest in the project and instead wants to go clubbing. How will this turn out? Will Ron like Tom's business pitch? Can Tom be successful partnering with John Ralphio again? What new idea does John Ralphio come up with? <laughs> Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Sticking with the music theme, I, I went with that ZZ Top classic, Sharp Dressed Man Child. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Very nice. All right. And the C story I have entitled as Extreme Traeger. Is there any other kind? <laughs> Lord. As Leslie and Ben announce their engagement, Chris seems happy for them, yet disproportionately affected by this news. Later at the engagement party and feeling raw from his therapy sessions, Chris has an emotional breakdown, happy for his friends, but depressed because he's alone. Desperate to not let Chris's unexpected happy sad outburst ruin the engagement party, Anne, April, and Andy try their best to comfort and contain the delirious, giggling, <laughs> blubbering mess that is Chris Traeger. What will happen? Can champion the three-legged wonder dog help Chris out of his funk? Is Dave Matthews band considered a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> will Chris be able to get past this outburst and start clean? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell dot dot dot. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I, I, I went uh, with the classic um, REM, Everything Hurts, and I didn't have to change a thing. Nope. It it's just, just works. like it was tailor written it for that. It just works. Yup. Mark, how about your AKAs? We'll, we'll do those and then we'll get into the breakdown. All right. AKAs. From the A story, um, I, I kind of dipped into uh, the, the Leslie Ann compliment, as we like to call oh, them. Yes, of course. And uh, at a certain point, she she's really grateful that her bestie Ann is there to keep the wheels going for everything else while Ben's parents are just, you know, uh, so she calls her a she calls her a beautiful, talented musk ox. And then the, the, so my quote is after that, she says, thank you, ox, for keeping the ship afloat. <laughs> she makes Anne kind of look at her. Made me laugh. Um, from my B story, uh, it's very, very simple. Ron does not like John Ralphio. Ron <laughs> likes John Ralphio even less when John Ralphio puts his hand into his bacon wrapped shrimp plate. Yeah. He catches it, bends it painfully, <laughs> looks at him closely and says, rethink that move, son. <laughs> Mine as well. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding. Yeah. Got it. We got one tie. All right. And for the C story, um, there's a point where Chris is 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 crying uh, outside and he's he's grabbing a, a, a tissues on the counter to wipe his face and uh -huh. stuff. And he says, oh, there's no more tissues. Everything ends <laughs> a little melodramatic, but kind of funny. My mine was the next sentence. Oh, everything goes away. Oh, when Ian walks away. Very nice. We only really basically then differed, Mark, on the A story. I went with a great Yulani line, which we'll reveal later, where she just says, 
Where's my square? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all want to know where our square is, Mark. So I know I felt that I was do. very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever found your square? No, I am still looking. No, I'm like Star Trek 17, the search for Mark Square. <laughs> How does that turn out? Uh, dot, 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 dot. All right. Nice job. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mark, let's get into the breakdown. All right. Let's get into the breakdown. Um, so we open at City Hall where we see Leslie in the bullpen with the gang. In this case, the, the gang is Donna, Jerry, Anne, April, and Andy. And she's showing off the engagement ring that Ben gave her that you alluded to earlier. Um, Alan, what do you say we start this sucker off right? Um, I can't think of a better way to start off. Constantine, play that clip, buddy. So beautiful and sparkly. No, and it's a non-conflict diamond. Uh -huh. When Andy proposed to me, he gave me a ring pop, but then he ate it first. How did Ben do it? Let me start from the beginning. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. In 1832, <laughs> Ben's great-great-great-great-grandfather, Theodore Wyatt, uh -huh. a bastard, met a beautiful seamstress from Antwerp. Ben and I are getting married, and I've been telling everybody about it. I'm so happy I want to shout it from the rooftops. And she has. We've gotten several noise complaints. <laughs> We're getting married! All right. <laughs> mm. The joy that I am feeling right now oh. is profound and unmatched in the modern era. And and I can't tell you what it means to me that I'm the very first person that you chose to tell. Oh. Uh -oh. oh. Let me walk around with you as you tell everyone else so that I can share true joy being spread, please. Oh dear. Hey everyone, we have something very exciting to tell you that you have never heard before. Ben and I are engaged <laughs> and you're hearing about it for the very first time right now. Yeah. 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 Come on, everybody, how about a little excitement? Leslie and Ben are engaged! Nothing yeah. will ever come between them! Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Leslie and Ben are engaged! Again? <laughs> you guys! Oh, yeah! Uh, I love that opening clip, and you know, we get two Ben mugs to the cameras right in the early. Opener. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right away. And a sweet, stupid Andy. I mean, it's. It's jam-packed. It's chock-a-block. Yes, it's it chock-a-block. I love it. <laughs> I also love, it's very foreshadowing, too. Chris is, this is the beginning. He seems very happy, and I'm sure he is. And yet, we're in our catalyst moment, as we would say there in, you know, that their writing squad. Yeah. And uh, he, he says, nothing can ever come between you two. Yeah. Uh, and he's between them. He's between them, yeah. literally. That, that's yes. literally and with perfect. irony. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Well, Mark, from there, we move out to the courtyard and Leslie, Ben and Anne discuss plans for the upcoming engagement party. And Leslie's worried about that Larry Bird won't show. And Ben seems more worried that his parents will. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those things are, are very much true concerns. Um, so, yeah, we, we start this scene. We, we see an outside shot of the courtyard at City Hall where Anne is sitting with Leslie and Ben and they're talking about the engagement party. And we learn two interesting tidbits of information, which you kind of alluded to, Alan. Uh, surprisingly, Larry Bird has not yet RSVP'd. It's a shocker. Leslie still I insists that they put him down as a maybe. She's ever, ever the optimist, you know. You're and then uh, B, Leslie has invited Ben's parents. And while Ben acknowledges it was a very nice thing for Leslie to do, he is terrified at the prospect of his parents being in the same room together. Well, and, and we won't get into it too much now and be a spoiler, but uh, it becomes cl very clear why very quickly in this episode. 
Well, and, and we also have a little snippet of conversation that Alan could lead to uh, marital strife down the road oh, yeah. where Ben re- requests kindly after he says, don't invite my parents and yeah. stuff. And Leslie goes, no, we're, we're no, not, that's not going to happen. We're going to do that. Yeah. It's like, well, can we put Twizzlers out? No. And she very simply says, we are a Red Vines family <laughs> and you're going to have to get used to that. It's all right. Here we go. You know, Mark, these things are important in life. Oh, Coke, I know. Pepsi. Twizzlers, Red Vine. I mean, I, I can think of dozens of examples where th- them's fighting words. Yeah. 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 Does chili have beans in it or spaghetti or, you know. That, that's just silly. Soy. Of course. <laughs> well, that depends on who you ask, uh-huh. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Why does this chili have a thicket in it? Yeah, because it's, yeah. <laughs> we couldn't find anything dead to put in here. <laughs> Well, over in the conference room, Tom and John Ralphio are practicing their Renaswag investor pitch in front of April and Andy. And it's unclear if this presentation will be what they need to convince anyone to invest, especially our own favorite local gold baron. That's what he is, that Ron Swanson. He's a rascal. So we're still at City Hall and and we see uh, we're in one of the miscellaneous conference rooms. Hey, Alan, where are we? Uh, This is conference room 12. Oh, nice. Okay. I did not know that. So we're in conference room 12 and uh, we see Tom and John Ralphio uh, in there with April and Andy uh, as their audience. Since Tom wants to give a pitch to Ron to see if he'll invest in Rent-A-Swag, they have decided to give a practice pitch. And the whole pitch, I mean, you can just imagine. We've seen Tom pitch before, sometimes on his own, sometimes with John Ralphio. And it's typical what we've called pimp and Tom in yeah. the past, like visual effects, flashing lights, yeah. <laughs> loud music, silly voices, crazy yeah. dancing, the works. And April finally begs them. Stop, 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 stop. Passing out money. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Craziness that they print themselves. <laughs> that they print themselves. You can't do that. So she said, stop, turn the lights back on. And April makes the salient point that they are presenting this to Ron effing Swanson. So her advice is a don't talk about old failed businesses, e.g. Entertainment 720 B get rid of the stupid light show for crying out loud (laughs) and C don't use silly voices or weird made up words that Ron won't understand Tom. And this is a good advice. Yeah. Tom is a little bit rattled by this, especially since Ron's presentation is scheduled for the next day at at 8 a.m., which doesn't leave a lot of time to rework the pitch. Well, you know, they can't start from scratch. They're going to have to figure something out. Right. Absolutely. Well, over at Party Central, a.k.a. Tref Cab, a.k.a. the house formerly known as Burley's. That's right. Uh, Leslie is about to show Ben her secret weapon that will all but guarantee that the evening will be a success, despite Ben's very serious doubts. That's right. So we're at, as you alluded to, we're at Tref Cab, and this is before the engagement party starts. So really, other than party prepping, time. other than hired help, I think Leslie and Ben are Pretty kind much. of the only yeah. people there, and they're going through uh, plans and strategy and what they're going to do. And Leslie goes through a detailed plan of how to win over Ben's parents, including a time coded itinerary, strategic use of alcohol, <laughs> and Leslie's ace in the hole, the Nope Wyatt Unity Quilt. Leslie is very, very proud of this masterpiece. And Ben thinks it is absolutely amazing, dot, 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 but is still convinced nothing will unite his parents, not even this. Mark, it's no surprise to me that Leslie came this prepared. Yes. Speaking of them, their tropes, like we just got them. Like 
third scene of the show. Boom. I think we've covered almost all of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's one left, though, I think, if I recall. But yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, Leslie thinks she's got this in the bag and Ben just uh, he's not so sure. Yeah. We even get a good shot. I think we have several shots of the Unity quilt throughout this episode. Yeah. We yeah. kind of there's some good stuff. Take there. it apart. And yeah. We'll have to dive into that yep, here yep. in a bit. Yep. Well, finally, before the party begins, Anne gets everybody aside and makes a very touching toast. And we quickly learn who will be keeping the mutual friends should these two ever split up. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a bit later now at Tref Cab, and it's before the guests proper arrive, but it's no longer just Leslie and Ben. Basically, the Parks and Rec gang yeah, is there, there with them. Their yeah. they're inner circle, so to speak. There you have it. And Anne decides that she'd like to make a toast. You know what? Let's have Constantine play this clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, before everyone else gets here, I'd like to make a little toast. My romantic life has been a bit of a mixed bag lately. And when that's the case, it's hard not to be cynical about love and relationships. But it's couples like you that give hope to the rest of us. Leslie, you deserve the best, and you found it. Ben, don't you dare hurt her. <laughs> I won't. Don't laugh. She means it. Yeah, I, I won't. Seriously, son. Don't hurt her. Okay, I'm not planning on hurting her. You better not be. I'm not. Hey, Ben, you best watch yourself. Why would any of you think I would hurt Leslie? You're all my friends, too. This is literally the most beautiful and moving thing that I have ever heard. Oh, dear. There, there, baby boy. Take all the time you need. Mm. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a little Donna mugs to the camera there uh, uh -huh. as she once yeah. again yeah. comforts Chris. It's a little bit of a flashback to last week where, you know, she was uh, comforting him then, too. Yep. The other thing I noticed about this scene, too, Mark, is that we, this is the first time we see that Chris is in the process of falling apart. Like It's becoming pretty obvious. It's, it's happy sad right now. But yeah. I think it's about to shift into full on sad sad. Yeah, I, I think we could see at the beginning of the episode that he was clearly unstable frazzled it's, it's been kicked up a notch here. Yeah, yeah 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 i like that good descriptions well the party's finally underway and ben's mom arrives and saves donna and jerry from ben's pre-party star trek ramblings thank god it's not rambling look at the kirk versus picard thing. he's not wrong i'm just saying most people don't care class starship <laughs> it doesn't matter okay so yeah, th this is yet a little later at Tref Cab, and now the guests proper have started to arrive, yeah. including Ben's mom, Julia. Now, Julia is clearly pleased to see Ben, but threatens to start in right away on his father, except that Leslie swoops in with some wine and redirects her attention. Well, everything is going to plan so far, but Ben still seems a little nervous. So far, so good. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. But, but she, you know, Ben's mom, Julia, says, I'll be civil as long as he is. So she's kind of laid the groundwork for what success could look like. Sure. Although, frankly, what he did after Jennifer's graduation. Oh, my God. Don't just, get me started on give that. Me, give me some white wine. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anne is greeting people at the front door and is not quite quick enough to hide from a very emotional Chris who is outside airing out some feelings and a few tears as well. 
Yeah, we, we see an outside shot of Trefcab as Anne greets a couple at the door, invites them in. And we also see Chris sitting on a bench outside crying to himself. <laughs> and Anne notices him and like tries to, oh dear, is it quietly Quickly shut the door? But Chris, but Chris sees her and Anne goes, oh, I've, now I feel compelled to come out and I got to ask how he's doing. So Chris tells her, A, he's feeling very raw from his therapy. B, he's very happy but also very sad, the perfect storm of emotions. And C, he decided to hide outside so this happy, sad grenade does not ruin the party. Mark, this is where one of our AKA, both of our AKAs came from for That's this right. storyline. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, he seems pretty stable as he says that, but then immediately he pulls out the last tissue. Yep. <laughs> says, there's no more tissue, everything is. Oh. Little dramatic. Yeah, a little dramatic. Uh, but Anne's going to see what she can do to help him out as usual. Well, there's more tissue, but other than that. I'm <laughs> well, hey, she's going to at least do one that step much. at a time. <laughs> what is she, a nurse? Oh, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, back inside, Leslie and Ben enjoy a brief and hopeful few moments as things seem to be going pretty well at the party so far. But then we meet Ben's dad. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. We're inside Tref Cab and we see Leslie telling Julia, uh, Ben's mom, the story of how she and Ben got together. And it's a delightful story, as we all know. Leslie and Ben step away for a second, commenting that, hey, you know, things are going well. This is pretty cool. But at that moment, Ben's dad shows up. The terrifying Steve Wyatt. Love it. With his girlfriend, Ulani, who was not expected. Alan, I think things are about to take a turn for the worse. Mark, I, I got to say something here. Mm. And, and I know we talked to Dorian. I wish I had asked her about this specific casting because it's so good. Mm -hmm. Like this is spot on. Who who could be a more grumpy dad, uh, you, you know, here than Jonathan Banks, which is just terrific. Oh, yeah. 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 And then Glenn Headley, of course, is, is Ben's mom, who's terrifically funny. Absolutely. Uh, loved her ever since Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's right. I first and, saw her, uh, too. Unfortunately, she passed away a while ago. That's so right. I very sad. 2017. But, yeah. 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 But uh, what, what great casting for Ben's parents. Yep. You know, Alan, uh, uh, the little uh, marital uh, pre-fight that uh, Leslie and Ben started to have about Red Vines versus Twizzlers. Oh, yes, yes. Um, oh. Leslie learned because she offered uh, oh Steve Wyatt, you know, some Red Vines. We're a Twizzlers family. <laughs> Holy hell. It's, it's heating up. It is heating up. He is terrifying. And we're all concerned now. Yeah. We're starting to see where Ben's coming from anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ben and Leslie step aside to strategize about what to do to fix this situation. And Leslie's determined to make it work while Ben has another plan. Hey, Mark, should we just play this clip as well? Yes. Constantine, hit the button, buddy. Okay, we are off to a rocky start, but we are going to fix this. Yes, we will. I called a cab. <laughs> it's outside. I gave the driver a hundred bucks to sit and wait. So whenever we're ready to go... Like, maybe right now? All we have to do is walk outside. Smart. No, I want to be here now with you and your parents. Help me make this work. Okay, fine. Best thing to do is distract them with innocuous talk about the stuff they care about. Great, like what? 
well, they're white people from Minnesota, so <laughs> hockey, fishing, skiing, sailing, and after a few drinks, put on a Prince album. Don't mention the Green Bay Packers or the state of Iowa. No. And also, I have enough frequent flyer miles to get us to Australia tonight. Everything okay? Yeah, slight speed bump. Everything is terrible, but um, <laughs> I am going to fix it with my secret weapon. Okay, well, I will make sure that everything else runs smoothly. And you're such a good friend. You're a beautiful, talented, brilliant, powerful musk ox. Huh? Thank you, ox for keeping the ship afloat. You got it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've always wondered in a situation like that, did, did, did Amy ever improvise on some of these little compliments? Oh, I'm made? sure she had to. She had to. She has to have a, a, a bat utility belt just full of them just oh on God. the fly. But muskox caught me off guard. I got to be honest. When Anne was telling Leslie, you know what? You take care of Ben's parents. I got everything yeah, else. Yeah. She said that while looking up and oh, seeing yeah. Chris having a happy, sad grenade uh, go go off in the back bedroom. So the good news is he found some more tissue. Wasn't sure if it was the tissue or if it was just the the you know the bed cover, but or he may have found a napkin. I don't know. He found something to cry in. He needs something. He my really gosh. does. Apparently, it's going to go cry in the bedroom now. Yep. So. Well. In the living room, Anne asks for help with Chris. And unfortunately, she starts with asking April and Andy. Yeah, well, you know, they're his friends. Yeah, I kind guess. Kind of. Well, depending on if you ask April or Andy, April may just go, eh. Yeah. Yeah, Anne's trying to figure out the best way to deal with this Chris situation. And so she approaches April and Andy. And That's called a Chris Asachin. <laughs> Is that what it's called? No, I don't know what it's called. It's hard to say. Is it is hard I, to say, yeah. That's what I say. And and she begs them to help her handle, maybe contain, uh, Chris. Andy is very inquisitive to exactly what is happening and why it's happening and why it's happening. And April is just being April. She's rather reluctant. But Anne finally convinces them to help out. Actually, Mark, I, I looked it up. It's a Chrisuation. Oh, that's very easier to nice. say. It is yeah. very much easier yeah. to say. We're, we're, we have a full on Chrisuation going on in the bedroom. Well, we need to resolve that Chrisuation <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately. Well, meanwhile, Tom runs into Ron and we learn that Tom is feeling unprepared. And Ron learns a little something about Tom's business idea. Yeah, we're in yet another room of the engagement party uh, at Tref Cab. And uh, I think it's the room maybe with the uh, buffet line. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I just said kitchen. Oh, uh, oh, that could be. I wasn't sure which room it was. And uh, and we see Tom approach Ron. And um, this this is a pretty good scene, too. Hey, Constantine. Yeah, you know what to do, buddy. I think Ron in 60 seconds. Tom, I haven't seen you tonight. I've been working on my presentation. I just came by to congratulate Leslie and then I'm heading back. I admire the work ethic. I'm always looking for new investments. Ever since I got my first job at the age of nine, I have put all my money into gold, which is currently at an all-time high. So I have a certain amount of money. I've said too much. <laughs> looking forward to tomorrow. Yes, about that. I was wondering, is there any chance we could reschedule? I just want to make sure everything's up to my world-class standees. I like to keep my appointments, son, and I like others to do the same. Of course. Yes, no problem. 8 a.m. tomorrow, I think you're going to be very impressed with our presentation. Our presentation? Who else is joining you? Rika, 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 Rika! Ha, 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 ha! It's Ralph here. That's me. I didn't realize you were a part of this. Of course he is. He's my business partner. <gasps> Clean. Mm. Business partner now and forever. Hold up. Forever 21. 21 gun salute. Salute your shorts. Kaboosh. 
I just free associated all over the mustache. That's just one of <laughs> many skills he brings to this business partnership. What are those shrimp? Ah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Rethink that move, son. <laughs> <laughs> you do not take Ron Swanson's shrimp. Oh no. 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 That that shows you just how much of a moron John Ralphio is. If you've not absorbed one single shred of knowledge, that's it. I, I think this has now, one, fulfilled our final major trope. And, and two, I mean, I guess almost anybody would have been smacked down by Ron, but especially John Ralphio, who he clearly does not like. Agreed. Yeah. Mark, the other thing I, I, I like <laughs> about this scene is uh, the little bit of free association. <laughs> Forever, forever 21, 21 gun salute, salute your shorts, kaboosh. And he just free associated all over the moustache. The moustache. <laughs> oh my God. And you notice uh, when when he says the moustache, Ron mugs directly at the uh, camera. He is clearly not happy. He has laser driven his eyes through the fourth wall. <laughs> like, can you believe this more? <laughs> he really is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If they glowed red, I would not have been surprised. Agreed. Well, back over to the family drama, Yulani wants to leave, but Leslie's determined to make her feel welcome, at least enough to not leave. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, we need minimum standards here for crying out loud. Yeah, so Leslie is trying to um, steer the conversation into more agreeable topics, but when that seems to not go so well, she says, all right, all right, all right, you know what, it's time to pull out my my master plan. <laughs> she urges everyone to go into the next room for a, quote, surprise. As everyone walks into the other room, Ben once again mentions this quilt thing will not work. But Leslie is stubborn and she's determined and she is sure that she can make it happen. Well, we will see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, we wait to see what happens, Mark. We bounce back to the bedroom and Andy and April and Champion do their level best to cheer up Chris. That's right. That's Mostly right. Mostly Champion, as I recall. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris is continuing to have his 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 happy, sad meltdown. And as you mentioned, Alan, they have brought the most powerful weapon they have in their arsenal. <laughs> Champion, the three-legged wonder dog. And even though Champion runs up to Chris and legs his vase and Chris hugs him and talks to him all with the baby voice like that. You know what? It was a good try. It's still not enough to cure what ails Chris. It, it isn't. And yeah. Chris cries for the whole thing. But the good news is, even if he's out of Kleenex, his champion will just lick up the tears. Oh, LOL and yuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good doggy. He doesn't care. He is. Ah. Well, back in the living room, Leslie finally unveils the Unity quilt. And we quickly realize that the quilt may not have the effect she wanted. That's right. That's right. With Ben's parents and Leslie's mom. Uh, and Yulani, uh, all together, uh, Leslie is ready to unveil her ace in the hole, the Nope Wyatt Unity Quilt. And initially, we see both mothers gasp in admiration and appreciation. But then, Yulani asks, where's my square? <laughs> my AKA. Yep, that's right. Even though Yulani is not married to Steve and Leslie had no way of knowing Yulani would be there or quite frankly that she even existed, <laughs> this causes Steve to double down saying, this is an illegitimate unity quilt without a Yulani square. <laughs> so good Lord. So in an attempt to appease everyone, Leslie writes the name Yulani on the waffles square and even puts a happy face on the waffle itself. Well, she asks Yulani what Yulani means. And she says, cheerful, cheerful. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> silly of me to even ask. 
Unfortunately, the Yulani waffle uh, square uh, causes Ben's mom to balk, saying, well, I don't want a Yulani waffle square on my quilt. <laughs> Alan, there's just some, no pleasing some people. There, There's no pleasing any of these people. That's no, no, for sure. Not a bit. Not a bit. Um, it, it, it dawns on me, Mark, that Steve Wyatt, uh, with his intonation, is one step away from Rocky's trainer, Mick. Oh. You know, the great Burgess Meredith. Oh, you know, Mick. You know, Mick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Well, we'll be back here in a moment to see what happens with that. But meanwhile, we're going to bounce over to Tom's apartment. And he's trying to stay focused on their pitch to Ron the following day. And John Ralphio as well. John Ralphio. That, that's that's right. That, that was my thought. Yeah, we're at Tom's apartment. Tom and John Ralphio are there. Tom is working hard on revamping the presentation. John Ralphio is not. It becomes clear John Ralphio is not really interested and wants to go clubbing. Tom seems to be getting a bit annoyed at John Ralphio, who doesn't seem to be into rent-a-swag as much as Tom is. As the scene progresses, it becomes clear that although they're close friends, and in a sense, I'm sure they get each other on several levels, sure. Tom is actually smart and capable underneath the pimp and Tom exterior, and John Ralphio is not. Well, and, and all that is true, and Tom is invested in this idea, and it's pretty clear John Ralphio is not. Right, right. He, he's here to hang out with his buddy Tom. Right. And this is boring him. And he even tries to speak John Ralphio language. And say, yeah, it was you pretty know, good, actually. Sometimes you've got to work a little so you can ball a lot. lot. Okay, I'll give you 10 minutes. <laughs> good Lord, man. And then Tom shoots him a look, right? Right. Like, like you're just a warning look. Yeah. Like you, you're, yeah. you're pushing it, Buster. I actually like that, though. I, I think that would fit well on a T-shirt. We should We should look into that. I know. Yeah. Well, Mark, in the bedroom, Andy, April, and Anne try word association to bring Chris out of his funk. That's right. Like the moustache. The moustache. Um, so yeah, April and Andy are in the back bedroom with Chris, where he is laying on the bed with Champion next to him. Aww. And Anne comes Good in talk. with some food. Alan, for Champion look, or for Chris? We'll find out. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Alan, let's, let's have Constantine play this clip. Let's do. You have to try to eat something. Okay. Mmm. Oh, that's amazing. See? That's good. There you go. This one's not as good. Oh, All right, Chris, here's the plan. <laughs> I'm just going to list off happy things until you're cheered up. Pizza, the beach, yep. rock and roll music. Yep. And I'll list terrible things to bring you back down. Smallpox, botched surgery, snails crawling out of your mouth. Uh, this is weirdly working. It's evening me out. Okay, keep going, keep going. Laughter. Snails crawling out of your mouth. The beach. Snails crawling out of your mouth. Cute cats. Snails crawling out of your butt. Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> uh, so I guess it depends on who you are as to whether or not you think that's a pro or a con. I guess so. Yeah. That's funny. April's pretty hard on uh, popular music. I think she, she you can list uh, Dave Matthews Band. Uh, she, she's also made fun of them there. Uh, or the um, the Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas. Well, they're no them. neutral milk hotel. Well, that's true. Yeah very, yeah, very true. Well, Mark, we bounce back over to what I'm calling the quilt stand. And we, we have a lot going on here. We've got vandalism, mm -hmm. champagne toasts, mm -hmm. and uh, spotlight stealing news, as it mm -hmm. turns out. Yeah, all those things and more. Yeah, true. 
Ben is trying to get everyone to play nice, but unfortunately, his mom takes matters into her own hands and cuts the Ulani waffle square out of the quilt. <laughs> ben is not happy about this. No. Leslie and her mom return with a tray of drinks. Thank God for everyone. They're trying to defuse the situation. Yeah. You know? And Leslie but, hasn't seen the, the missing square yet. Mm-mm. But unfortunately... <laughs> The drinks uh, prompts Ulani to refuse her drink. And then when pressed on why she's refusing her drink, she told them exactly why she's refusing her drink. She is pregnant. Dun, dun, dun. Ben's dad is smug about this. Julia is horrified about this. Things are not going well, Alan. They are not. Mm -mm. And and by, uh, how do you describe Steve? Terrifying? Well, uh, just now, though. Oh, uh, he's smug. Smug, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still firing bullets, son. Still firing bullets, son. And Good pops Lord. him in the shoulder. Oh, my God. He's a man's man is what he is. He certainly is. <laughs> well, while we wait to see what happens with that, we bounce over to the kitchen. And Leslie seeks counsel with Marlene and she and we learn way too much about Leslie's mom and dad's way of handling their disagreements. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Leslie and Marlene, her mom, need to just step away from all that stuff yeah. that just happened in yeah. the last scene. And the, screw that noise. And this, they stepped away from the madness and they sit down together at the, I don't know if it's a kitchen table or just a table off somewhere, yeah. just the two of them. And they talk and, and Leslie's asking her mom, were you and dad ever like this? And I'll, I'll leave out the juicy Thank tidbits because yuck. But Marlene <laughs> says, well, yeah, they fought occasionally. But the important thing is they always ended up on the same team. And in the same bed. Yep. Oh, sorry. I went there. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Well, you know what I love about uh, God, Marlene? I miss that man. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he was gifted. Yep. Um, well, you know, a couple things. One, I love Leslie's mom, especially now with Marlene here beside Julia. It becomes pretty clear that Leslie's mom isn't so bad. Yeah, it's it's kind of taken a nice turn from especially season one when we were. Uh, no, first, yeah. Blackmailing. First, first introduced to uh, to her and the the iron beep of Pawnee. And <laughs> oh, she yeah. actually is, is being uh, quite a support for yeah, Leslie. She really is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other thing that that I, the other thing I think about in this scene is I realize I don't think we ever learn what happened to Leslie's dad. No, I think you're right. Yeah, just that he passed away. He passed away. Mm-hmm. And in my brain, until the dialogue, until I reviewed the dialogue of this scene, I think I always assumed they got divorced, but I don't think so. Mm-mm. So no, yeah, would have liked to have known what happened there. Although maybe not comedy fodder, I guess at the end of the day, maybe not, but kind of interesting. Interesting, and they probably could have done something with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back at Tom's apartment, Tom finally comes to term with what Ron, us, and pretty much everyone else already knows about John Rothio. Mm. Yeah. Moron. <laughs> so, yeah, Tom is continuing to work hard on the presentation while John Rothio continues to not. <laughs> um, finally, Tom loses his temper with John Rothio and point blank asks him, look, man, I believe in this idea. Do you? You know I love you, but I don't think you're as serious about this business as I am. And John Ralphio like looks at Tom and goes, "Oh yeah, 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 no, I'm definitely not, definitely not." So like, there you have it. I mean, it just he he's given him one last lifeline to say, "Are you in this or not?" And he's like, "Oh no, no." So, well, there was that brief moment of hope where it looked like John Ralphio was going to get on the computer and participate, but what he does instead is he he gets on Google and searches Amanda Bynes' side boob. Yeah. So. 
That, and that's flag now. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. No. No. He has safe search on. What the hell is that? What's that about? Amateur hour. Well, the other thing that John Ralphio does, I don't know if you noticed this, but he keeps dancing as he looks into the telescope. Mm-hmm. Did, and if you watch the deleted scenes, we learn why. Yeah, yeah. It's not because he sees someone through the telescope that he wants to dance with, so to speak. It's a reflective building and they can see their own reflection. So they're admiring themselves. Right. In the telescope. In the telescope. I like it. I wish they just uh, had a mirror or something. That would be so That much... would be a lot easier. Yeah. Just take yeah. out the middleman. or the, science. The middle glass, I guess, in yeah. this case. Yeah. Well, Mark, I think um, you're going to walk us through this next scene, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I will. I will try my humble best. This is a, a completely visual scene. There's no dialogue. It's super short. It's maybe about 10, 12 seconds, something like that. But it's one of the greatest scenes in the (laughs) entire episode. True. So we have Ron making his way down the buffet line from the left. Ben's terrifying dad, Steve, is making his way down the buffet line from the right. Uh Uh-oh. In the center of the buffet line is a tray that used to contain several bacon-wrapped shrimp, but now there is only one left. (laughs) Ron and Steve get to the center tray at the same time. They look at the tray. They look at each other. (laughs) They proceed to stare each other down. Neither one budges. Scene ends. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And we're left wondering what happens next. I know. Uh, I know. So good. Yeah. Because there aren't many people that would stand toe to toe with with Ron. No. Regarding his his food. No. But among them that can is Steve. Well, and you would think that that would lessen the legend of Swanson. I choose to think this is the exception that proves the rule. Tell me more. Well, I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's him. But you you, you have to have an extreme sort of guy like this to to have a chance of of standing toe to toe with a Swanson. That's true, because if it's John Ralphio at the other side. Oh, no, that's a foregone conclusion, which only goes to to reaffirm just how how much of a Swanson Ron is. (laughs) And apparently how much of a Swanson Steve is. Well, yeah, we're about to find out. Thank God Steve doesn't have a mustache. Otherwise, he might be too manly. Oh, my God. You can't even imagine. Well, outside at the party, Leslie is finally where Ben was hours ago in the taxi and ready to leave this party. Ben steps outside of Tref Cab and walks to the cab that he previously paid to wait there where Leslie is apparently already sitting inside with a tray of brownies and four <laughs> bottles of wine. And we then experience, in my opinion, Alan, we experience a sort of switcheroo here yeah. because Leslie, usually the stubborn and confident one, is now ready to pack it in and yeah. head for the hills. She gave it all, Mark. Which, quite frankly, explains her brownie and wine survival kit. <laughs> and she urges Ben to get in the cab so they can leave together, maybe for Australia. <laughs> Ben, who this whole time has been a consistent naysayer regarding any hope of his parents being civil or even being in the same room, has now decided to grow a backbone, saying he loved the unity quilt. He's sick of his parents ruining everything and they need to grow up and be okay with them both being at the wedding. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. And and I it's nice to see Ben now take this position. But you can also understand Leslie switching sides as well, because it's not going well. Oh, it's not. Right. Right. Well, back at the party, John Ralphio talks to Ron and pitches the only idea he brought to the rent a swag prep meeting. 
something totally unrelated and involving condoms. <laughs> what else? <laughs> yeah. Of of all people back at Trefcab, we see John Ralphio, huh? Cheerfully yeah. approach Ron. Again, very clear that John Ralphio is oblivious that Ron despises him. He has no idea. When Ron asks him, well, why aren't you working on the presentation with Tom? John Ralphio tells him he decided to take his talents elsewhere before admitting that Tom straight up fired him for not being <laughs> serious about their project. Yep. After John Ralphio leaves with his weird condom pitch, <laughs> uh, we see Ron looking somewhat contemplative about what he just heard. Not the condom pitch, but, but you know, what what action Tom just yeah. took. Yeah, he, he's definitely... Mulling it over for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also noticed here, Mark, that he is eating a bacon wrapped shrimp. Well, so we know who won. We the know battle. who won. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have seen it happen though. Yep. Well, back in the bedroom, Chris finally starts to level out and Anne turns into Andy for a brief moment. Yeah, we, we go to the back bedroom at Tref Cab, uh, known as Happy Sad Grenade Central. And uh <laughs> Anne, April, and Andy see Chris. Not happy, not sad, not giggling, not crying, but rather doing some push-ups, something much more in tune with the typical Traeger baseline. Yeah. When Chris confirms the proverbial storm seems to have passed and tells him, you know, when stuff builds up like this, you can't keep it bottled up. You need to purge it. And Chris concedes, you know what, you guys may be right. And maybe all of his emotions tumbling out like this, while a little embarrassing, Maybe it now means that I can get a clean start. And that's when Ann turns into Andy briefly and says, well, for that, you're going to have to visit the bathroom. <laughs> and Andy goes to give her a high five and April shuts it down. And I love that. That That's <laughs> so good. Andy actually isn't in this episode a whole bunch. Not a lot. But he has some really cool little scenes like he... And many of them don't have lines associated with them. <laughs> and and gives the bathroom joke. Oh, yeah and, yeah. and and Andy like starts to give her a high five. And April <laughs> says, you know, no. And then it's like Andy quietly says to Ann, nope. <laughs> Just to confirm, <laughs> I'm not giving you a high five. That ain't having a sister. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> well, back at the quilt stand, Ben and Leslie are addressing his family and setting the record straight. Finally, that is correct, Sir Allen of the Roundtable. We now seem Team Bensley is back inside Tref Cab, and they are supporting a united front against Ben's parents. Hey, Constantine, let's play this one last clip, buddy. Thank you, sir. This was supposed to be a happy occasion. You were supposed to come here, celebrate your son's engagement, maybe bury the axe and nod in each other's back. But <laughs> it did not work out that way. So here's the new plan. I don't expect you to like each other, but you have to come to the wedding. Okay? We'll see too far away from each other. You don't even have to socialize. Yeah, in fact, we insist that you don't. But you do have to show up and tell us that you had a great time. That's the deal. You can either take it or you can take it. I can take it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry too, Benny. Sorry, whatever. Ah, oh, <laughs> what a beautiful apology. Julia. Guys, sorry. sorry. Ben's parents are insane, <laughs> but he's not. He's amazing. And that's all that matters. I guess he might become insane as he ages. Mm -hmm. I should keep an eye out for that. Mm. Also, for the record, my Unity quilt worked. So technically, I am three for three with Unity quilts. We only have 30 bucks left. Let's oh, go. Okay. <laughs> Get ready, driver. We're going to make out so hard in the back of your cab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there they go. 
Alan, Leslie mentions there that her unity quilt magic is now three for three. And we may yeah. have glossed over this earlier um, in, in a in a scene with Ben a little bit earlier in the episode. She's Ben is like, this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work. Yeah. And Leslie says it will work. And let me tell you why. On three separate occasions, I used a quilt to mend fences in ninth grade. A quilt ended an argument between my two best friends. That's one. Yeah. And a unity quilt settled the Donna Jerry parking lot feud of 2006. <laughs> I love that one. And Ben says, what was the third time? And she says, right bleeping now. <laughs> that was very good. It turned Ben on a little bit, too. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to yeah. not turn him on. He was doing it for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mark finally in the kicker. Tom has his meeting with Ron and we learn whether or not his preparation is going to have paid off. That is correct. So back at Tom's apartment, 8 a.m. the next morning, and we see Ron there with Tom. And Ron notices Tom is seems slightly wiped out. Yeah. And Tom admits, you know, it's because I stayed up most of the night perfecting the presentation, but that's not important right now. And Tom starts to give the presentation yeah. that he tailored for Ron. Yeah. But Ron interrupts him before he even gets two seconds in and says, no need, Tom, I'm in. And and. Tom just looks at him stunned and Ron goes on to explain, I like doing business with serious people. And when you removed yourself from the company of that moron, you showed me you're a serious person. You have your startup money. And wow. And so on that, they shake hands, yep. which would be a great ending to this sure. scene. And it, it starts off, we call it a kicker and it is, but it starts off like a scene, not the kicker. That's right. It's, that's right. But, but just then <laughs> after they have their handshake, the front door opens and John Ralphio walks in oblivious to their meeting uh -huh. and tells them briefly about his ridiculous escapades from the previous night <laughs> and then crashes on Tom's couch. Fade to black. Oh, my God. Uh, among those, Mark, that I loved, you, you just missed the craziest of crazies. Clubs, girls, dancing, naked, mom, argument, police, fleeing the scene, hiding in a dumpster, coming here. Crashing on your couch for a week because <laughs> technically I'm homeless. <laughs> hey, mustache. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, ben Schwartz is a genius. He's great. Yeah, yeah. He really is. Fade to black. Yep. Yeah. Well, nice job on the breakdown, Mark, as always. Hey, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll talk through the things we normally chat about and give this thing a score and go home. Capital plan, old sport. I love it. All right. Well, we'll be right back, everybody. Consider that time, space, and reality as you know it are not fixed, but fluid. Contemplate that another version of you on a different branch in the timeline made substantially different choices leading up to this very moment. I observe all, but I cannot and will not interfere. Not, not again. It was really bad last time. I got yelled at. But that is a different story for a different time. Journey with us to explore the unknown as we ask the big question. Pawnee, what if? Who am I, you ask? I am the Waffler. <clears throat> Holy cow, I may actually watch this show. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Damn it, Constantine, I said no reverb. 
<clears throat> Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Coming this fall on LFP TV, episode one of Pawnee What If Harvest Festive Fail. Imagine a world similar to the one you know, but different. In this version, Leslie and the gang must pull off the perfect harvest festival in order to save her beloved parks department. But unlike the world you know, in this one, Leslie hates many animals. Scientifically, hummingbirds are the world's cutest animals. But you know what isn't cute? Miniature horses. They're just weird. They're just weird. They're just weird. 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 And without little Sebastian, the Harvest Festival is a flop and ends after only three days due to poor attendance. What happens? Tune in to find out. Also, on this season of Pawnee What If, we imagine, what if Mark Brendanowitz stayed at City Hall? What if Ben and Chris went back to Indianapolis? What if April never forgave Andy and moved to Venezuela? What if Ron stayed with Tammy too? I scared myself there. And finally, what if Andy never fell in the pit, 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 pit. Join us next Wednesday for the season one premiere of Pawnee What If? And stick around until after the credits for a special sneak peek of our spin-off series, April Ludgate, What Evs? Thank you. That is all. Right, everybody, we're back. Hey, Mark, I'll start us off with deleted scenes as we normally do. I think this episode had about four minutes and eight seconds worth of deleted scenes. I counted yep. nine in total. Uh, you know, there are a couple of funny ones. You know, Donna's a gemologist checking out that diamond. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Apparently a pretty nice one. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we uh, Leslie got memorized, you know, overprepared Leslie memorized. We are getting married in three different languages. It's important. It, it's very important, including Dothraki, which <laughs> <laughs> is funny because in 2012, Game of Thrones was very big. And right. Of course, now with the sequel or the prequel, rather, it's kind of back. So, right. Although we haven't met any Dothraki's yet. Um, there's a little more Ben and Leslie in the courtyard, some others. Well, the one that stood out for me, though, is where basically Anne, you know, Anne said that nice little bit in the canon episode. But in the deleted scene, she allowed everyone else to also offer Ben and Leslie some of their thoughts. I thought right. we'd play that little scene for Oh, us. yeah. OK. I thought some of you would want to say a few words about Leslie and Ben. Ron? Congratulations to both of you. There you go. I am happy. <laughs> ben, as the only married man here, I think I got some pretty valuable advice for you. What's the thing you're always telling me to do, babe? Nothing. You're perfect. I'm perfect. Marriage is a breeze. Okay, well, I'm also married. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Well, <laughs> over 30 years to a truly wonderful woman. And if I've learned anything, it's to always take care of your partner's needs first. Oh, ugh. Jerry's mm. ruining everything. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. That's uh, pretty good. I love it. I love that extra dose of uh, punching bag Jerry. Well, is it extra or is it the only? Oh, let's debate that. Dot, when we dot, come back. Dot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do. The only other thing worth mentioning here is that, um, you know, 
weirdly in the canon episode, John Ralphio comes up to Ron the next morning or later that night after he's been fired by Tom, comes right. back to the party and he's got this idea about condoms. Mm -hmm. Well, in the deleted scenes, we learned a lot more about it. And Tom was actually on board for a brief minute. They even came up with a name for it called graphic prophylactics. Yeah. <laughs> they were going to print everything on these condoms. Not a bad name. No, Silly it's pretty concept. Good, actually. Yeah. Then I think they went with what? Google condom? Something like that. Like, <laughs> I think that would have been shut down as a trademark yeah, yeah, yeah. issue. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the deleted scenes. If you have the DVDs, do check those out for sure. Mark, would you get us for us on tropes first and fun facts? I've got a little bit of everything this week, I think, except goofs. Yeah, same here. Um, for first, um, I have uh, we meet Ben's parents, Julie and Steve, yep. although to be fair, I think that's a one and done. You know, I still count the one and dones as a first, you know, because technically guess so. it's a first. Yeah. Um, Ron meets his match. Regarding bacon wrapped shrimp, which I don't true. think has ever happened before and no. may never happen again. Probably not. Um, and I had Tom explicitly separates himself business wise from John Ralphio. Yep. That has never happened before. Yep. I said first time Tom realizes that John Ralphio is holding him back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a that's an excellent first. Yeah, definitely. How about tropes? What'd you get this week? Well, I immediately put down PBJ, except... I don't think that there was any fight me. Because um, <clears throat> actually, John, Donna and Jerry were in relatively few scenes. They were. And so it was rather easy to comb through the script and go, OK, PBJ, where are you? I couldn't find any. Well, uh, to your point, I logged the tropes as I watched the episode, like in real time, which I don't always do that. I some almost always do it from memory. But for some reason, my workflow this week. I did it in real time. And I, in my notes, there's no PBJ. Yeah. I think you may be right. Wow. So there's no canon PBJ. Except, right, right. Because the deleted scenes aren't canon. Yeah. See, that's another that reason we should have put it in. Yep. We need balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For every happy, you need a sad. You need yeah. a balance, damn it. But we did have a lot of other normal tropes. And I think we've briefly mentioned a few of them along yep, the way. Yeah, Sweet Stupid Andy. Yep. We, we got that. Um, ben is a nerd. Uh, yep, discussing yeah, exactly. Kirk and Picard. Yep. Ben mugs to the camera. Ron mugs to the camera. Donna. And I, I was going to say Donna mugs to the camera, which it, it is. But I thought, you know what? I think I've invented a new trope. Oh, what do you got? Donna comforts Chris. Oh, I like it. Which she mugged to the camera <laughs> while she it's was doing it. It's a different type of mug, too. So. It's a R-H-J-R. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ron hates John Ralphio. <laughs> Because that's a thing, right? <laughs> that's a perfect one. I um, love it. And Perkins compliments. Oh, yes. Definitely. Which I always credit yep. you with for first bringing it up. Yep. But every yep. time it's like, yeah, that's Leslie a and compliments. powerful muskox. Um, food driven Ron. Yep. Clearly uh, over prepared Leslie. Oh, definitely. I think that's it. I, I just oh, I said st sweet, stupid Andy. Right. I got a couple of those. And then I've got one that may be new, but it happens all the time. I just don't know if we've ever called it out as a trope. Or if we did, it was under a different name. I said, Anne is the glue. Mm. Anne frequently throughout this series, and especially in this episode, has played the role of kind of like, she she can help us move between storylines. That's one function. She's there to always kind of keep Leslie balanced and kind of be her feedback, be her protector. Or in this case, go manage Chris. Don't let that crap get in my face because mm -hmm. I'm dealing with Ben's parents, right? So she's she kind of, I call her the glue sometimes. Hmm. So- she may not have great funny lines all the time, but she performs that function a lot. And she actually had some funny moments here, too. I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah. So what about goofs? I didn't I didn't have any goofs this week. Did you? None. 
Yeah. Fun facts, I had a couple and some of them I... Uh, how about you? Why don't you start us off? Well, I, uh, I I got the majority of mine from the wide, wide worlds of oh. web. Um, the, the, the first one I we, thought was- We can cheat. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, I'm not real good with the yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the first fun fact uh, I, I have is with uh, Ulani, yeah. the actress Kulap Vilasak, I think is her that's name. That's how I pronounce it. And-, yes. and uh, Apparently, she originally auditioned for the role of April Ludgate. I read that. That's pretty cool. In addition to that, yeah. she may also look familiar to fans of The yeah. Office. She played the Benny Hanna waitress, Nikki, that yeah. uh, Michael brought back to The Office uh, Christmas party. Um, so it's kind of interesting. There's a little tie-in, you know. We, my wife and daughter and I watched this episode as part of my preparation this week. And we immediately, when we saw Ulani, went... The office, uh-huh. like we saw it, so that that one I did not steal from the internet, but I did not know she had auditioned for the role of April. I also read that on the internet. Pretty interesting. Apparently, I did not know this, so I can't confirm whether it's true or not. But it's yeah. interesting if it is true. Andy proposing to April with a ring pop is a reference to Aubrey Plaza early in her career, appearing that. in a ring pop commercial. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Um, when when telling their story to 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 Ben's mom Julia, you know Leslie says, "Hey, rules or no rules, I just had to kiss that beautiful face," alluding to you know when she secretly dated Ben because of Chris's rule about oh, yeah, dating yeah, and yeah. stuff. But then Leslie's mom Marlene Griggs nope quips, "That's a nope woman for you. When we see something adorable, we attack it," which <clears throat> is exactly what she did uh, in much. the season three episode "The Bubble" when she made a pass at Ben uh, before she found out they were dating. Um, <laughs> We already talked about uh, the the great uh, Glenn Headley, uh, sadly passed away yeah. in June of 2017, uh, but did a great job as Ben's mother. Um, this also is uh, the final yeah. appearance of Pamela Pamela great, Reed. the great Pamela Reed yeah. as, as Leslie's mother, Marlene Griggs. That made me a little sad, actually. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I I'm think I like her. I like her a lot. And I, I think I struggled with that at the beginning because of the way they wrote her character, but really came to like her. And uh, I had forgotten that this was going to be her last episode. Maybe right. a little sad. Yeah. Did I miss any? No, that's pretty much everything I had. The only thing, other thing I noted kind of reading the bio on Jonathan Banks was I, I did not realize he attended Indiana University, which I also attended. Oh, dear. <laughs> so we, those of you who don't know, there's a, that's a well of them. They're Big Ten schools. Yeah. And I went to one and Mark went to another one. Purdue. Yeah. And one's better, IU, and one's worse, Purdue. Yeah. So clearly there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So Jonathan Banks clearly came down on the side of the cream and crimson. Is that the IU? That's the IU. Oh, then he did. He (laughs) did do that. Yeah. Not to be confused with a red and white or whatever Ohio State is. I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah. Screw the that Ohio noise. State University. No. My butt. Whatever. Yeah. So Is that what color your yeah. butt is? Come at me, OSU. I dare you. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, hey, let's get into our scores. All right. Scores incoming. Here we go. Alan, my co-MVPs for this episode are Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt and Aziz Ansari as Tom Haverford. Tell me more. Well, I, I'm gonna. All right. So my reasoning in the past, we've seen several people on this show get manic for one reason or another. Of all of them, I think 
Ben is maybe the funniest and the most enjoyable when he gets manic. And part of that is because it's not his baseline. You know, he's the quiet, logical, Game of Thrones watching, uber nerdy Ben that we've all come to know and love. So when he gets frazzled and crazy and manic, it really stands out. Okay. So like you compare this to some of the over the top Leslie scenes that we've seen. But then consider this is much closer to what I would say Leslie's baseline is. It's not that it's not funny when she does it. It is, but it doesn't quite pop as when Ben does it. Okay. Um, I also like seeing Ben take the bull by the horns when Leslie was ready to fold and decide to stand up to his parents, yeah, even like if just too. for Leslie's sake. So she, he's got her back no matter what. For Tom, we've, Alan, we've clearly had plenty of times in the past when we haven't liked the way he's conducted himself. God knows. Oh, yeah. From selfish Tom to pimping Tom. We've to been pretty quiet time. about it overall, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no, we uh, haven't. We have constantly been on the lookout for some much needed Tom redemption moments. And, yeah. and too often in the past, we might get a few crumbs, but nothing to really, really indicate that Tom's mindset has changed. Here it was different, not only because Tom took a business idea seriously, but he realized the shortcomings of his best friend, John Ralphio. And as much as he loves the guy, he opted to fire him instead of put the business in jeopardy. Okay, good for you, Tom. You get plus 100 internets. (laughs) What's kind of interesting there, by the way, is that a side note is that when Tom flat out fired him, John Ralphio didn't seem to take umbrage at it. Like he, he didn't really care. Good decision. Not in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Good decision. (laughs) I would have done that. You get the impression he still really likes Tom. Like things are okay between them. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's just who he is. I would agree. Um, who are your MVPs? So my, or MVP singular, I don't know. Well, good good point. I, you can never assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did co MVPs as well. Mm. I, I went with Adam Scott as Ben and Amy Poehler as Leslie. Oh, nice. And, and I, I think you pretty much hit on all my points. I would have given for Adam Scott. Um, you know, again because of that shift from baseline, right. I'm going to disagree a little bit that not that this isn't a little closer to Leslie's baseline, but that she actually ever got manic here. Um, I thought this is one of the first times that Leslie felt like her reactions were kind of IRL for me. Like, you know, you get into a really uncomfortable social scene. I felt like her she was funny while being real in this case and not manic Leslie. Oh, I agree. So I wasn't annoyed by it. So I, I just really appreciated it, I guess. I, I, don't, I, I, I appreciate your t- points about Aziz as well, though. I don't think that she was manic in this episode. Yeah, I completely yeah, yeah. agree. I think over the, the arc of, oh, of yeah, the no series, That's her baseline true. to manic is much higher she than She gets Ben's. there that was much just more quickly. Right, her right, right. Her fuse is much shorter for manic than Ben's. I would agree with that. But yeah. this episode, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I think she was rather level-headed. She was. And I, I just enjoyed kind of the way she managed. And I enjoyed the way they flipped, you know, Leslie and Ben at that point, kind of once it looked like there was no point of no return. So I just I think I enjoyed the writing, the way they wrote them as much as their performances. So I, I'm co-MVPing those two. I, I really like that. You know, we, we've seen in the past how when when April and Andy got married, they prove that these two, gosh darn it, yeah, they're married, but they can still be really funny. That's true. And I think that they're trying to- Together and separate. Together and separate. That's a great point. And I think that they're trying to continue that trend here and show, you know what, they're going to have some good chemistry. I mean, I get they're not married yet, but I think that's the way they're going with this. I I think that's a great foreshadowing as well. No, good point. Um, All right. So a few additional notes. Um, Oh, my gosh. I have to say right off the bat, the Ron Steve confrontation over the last bacon wrapped shrimp was 
epic, like almost ridiculously so, considering how short the scene was. Um, I would agree. In in a way, it reminded me of how I felt when Jerry and Kyle sort of faced off in a virtual uh, punching bag royale in the sense that it's kind of a throwaway. Like it didn't affect the plot. Like, who cares? You could blink and miss it. And yet this is the sort of thing that adds brilliance and depth to the characters in the Pawnee verse in general. And I'm, I'm almost giddy watching it. You know, even though they didn't resolve it, like that is brilliant. It's still funny. Still funny. Um, Really great guest stars. The always delightful Ben Schwartz as John Ralphio Saperstein. Saperstein? Saperstein. Um, The great Pamela Reed as Marlene Griggs Nope in her final appearance, uh, unfortunately. The terrifying Jonathan Banks as Steve Wyatt. Everybody Um, knows who Jonathan Banks is, right? mm. I mean, from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah. I mean, if you if you don't watch those shows. I'm sorry. And you're dead to us. You're dead to us. Yeah. Yeah. Go Which watch is another good show. Dead to me. That's dead another to, good oh, show. That is actually a good show. Is yeah, that yeah. going to have a third season of that? Uh, it's, it's coming. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Um, the the fondly remembered Glenn Hadley yeah, yeah. as Julia Wyatt. We and just rewatched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels probably about a year she ago, played I guess. Janet Colgate. Oh, my God. I think. So good. So funny. With the accent. Oh, like yeah. The, and the, 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 little, the little surprise at the end. I mean, first of all, it's a great play. Great movie, Michael Caine, Steve Martin. Hard to go bad with those guys. Oh, agree. It. But she was on par with them as far as her performance. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and or comedic performance. And, yeah. and and last but not least, the the talented uh, Kulab Vilasak. Yeah, she was as great. Ilani. Yeah, she yeah. she really was. Nobody had to write on her with a mark on her with a marker this time. So <laughs> the. Twizzlers versus Red Vine oh debate. God. I, you so know, good. Alan, I've heard this several times in my life, and to this day, <laughs> the debate rages on. Which do you like best? We're a Twizzlers family. We're a Twizzlers family. <laughs> so good. Um, I'll be honest. I think for me, I've come to realize that is a regionality issue. If I go into a store here in central Indiana, mm-hmm. you know, as we like to say, a little north of Pawnee, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to find red vines versus Twizzlers. Like it's you like if like it's, it's almost Halloween, right? We're we're a couple of weeks before Halloween here, and I if I go out in Halloween shop right now, I guarantee you Twizzlers are going to be all over the place. Mm. They're going to be in the little mini Twizzlers and the candy bags. The big Twizzlers are going to be everywhere. I'll be able to find red vines, but I'll have to look for them. Yeah. So maybe Twizzlers the decision was made for me. Yeah, I get that. But I've tried both. Twizzlers are still better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fair just like, d- don't bring me a Pepsi. Just don't. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I'll send it back all day long. I've never been a fan of either, to be honest with you. Coke or Pepsi? No, no, no. They're both delicious. Oh, uh, okay. The Red Vines and Twizzlers. Oh, well, you know what? That's fair. For some people, that's a texture thing. I've heard people say it's like chewing on wax. Yeah, wax is delicious, but <laughs> Red Vines and Twizzlers not is, just, is not my game. Anyway, so moving on. Sure. Um, I found it interesting. I mentioned this, Alan. I found it interesting that Andy was still very funny, but but kind of took a backseat to others in this episode. And that this isn't necessarily a bad thing. Not at all. Chris Pratt is usually such a freaking comedy powerhouse. Uh, it's nice to give others the spotlight every now and again to show off their chops. And then, like we've said, when you have this many guest stars, I mean, the time's got to come from somewhere. Yep. So I, I get it. Um. 
bravo for the attention to detail in all 16 squares of the awesome Nope Wyatt Unity quilt. <laughs> I, I tried to figure out what all the 16 squares were uh, with mixed results. Of course you did. And, and I think I got almost all of them. Okay. What'd you get? Uh, so row one, uh, going from left to right. Row one, you got uh, Julia, which is Ben's mom for yeah. the with the paint and canvas. You got Marlene, Leslie's mom with the school bus. You have Henry, which is Ben's brother, Henry Wyatt, with the tire and tree swing, uh, tree and tire swing, rather, in, in Georgia. Who we've never met. Who we've never met and, yeah. will, and, and, and will never meet. That's true. Uh, Stephanie Wyatt, Ben's sister, who we will meet, uh, with the bicycle. Yeah. Row two. Steve Wyatt, Ben's with, dad, with, with the, the sailboat. sailboat. Yeah. Um, Leslie, with I think is a picture of City Hall. That sounds right. Um the state of Indiana with a big old arrow pointing to Pawnee and then waffles, which becomes the Ulani waffles square when she writes on it. <laughs> Row three, little Sebastian state of Minnesota, Ben with the game of Thrones and the calculator. Yep. Cause why not? And uh, finally, I think the Washington monument, I think is the very last one. I think you're right. Right below the waffle. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Um, and then finally row four, uh, depending on who you are, it's either the American flag square or the Joe Biden square with the little <laughs> Joe Biden face. And that's really funny. Um, the, the Pawnee town crest or town. I, I could never tell if it was the state of Indiana emblem or the Pawnee emblem, which are very similar and by design, of course. It probably makes sense that it's Pawnee, though. You know what? I, I couldn't tell for sure, but I, I'd like to believe it's both yeah. the Pawnee one. Yeah. Um, there was one that I couldn't quite get the details. It says in memoriam, in, in memoriam. Yeah. And I couldn't tell the names there. This is like bottom right, right? From Yeah, almost the bottom right corner, but right next the, to it. The one next to it, yes. The bottom right corner, the yeah. final one is smallest park. Yeah. Which, which is which is really adorable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I also, I guess we would call that square 11. I don't know what that is either. I was uh, Glenn Headley standing in front of it. in one of the scenes, I, I just brought it up here for us to look at. You can't see it. I've looked through them and I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick that one out. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I thought that was interesting. Sorry for the, for the, the no, that's diving excellent. into that. I just, I love the attention to detail. It's very good. You know, in fact, I've got the, the one book that they, you know, is Leslie's book and yeah, show. I yeah. have the copy of it, of course. And um, I have to look at it and see if they have a picture of the quilt. Oh, that would be good. And we'll report back next week. Um, a couple small nitpicks, I guess. Like, I, I thought this was a great, great episode. Maybe a slight step down from the previous episode, Halloween Surprise. That's fair. If only due to a couple of nitpicks. So yeah. first, meh, not the greatest use of their comedic bench. I won't That's rehash true. it. We've already talked about it. It's not horrible, but it's not, I'm not going to, not enough for a detraction, but neither am I going to award points for it. Um, I'm getting a little tired of Chris's ridiculous emotional roller coaster. Although I will say, I'm glad that A, they're very over the top about it in an effort to make it genuinely funny, which I think they kind of did. Kind of. B, they once again addressed it in a serious way, basically saying, dude, you have a big problem. You know, they didn't try to sweep it under the rug. Um, anyway, all right, enough of that silliness. On to the Mark, the crazy Mark rubric. I'm going to give this sucker a 4.5 base score. I, I, I thought that uh, there were great A and B stories, and even the C story, the Chris storyline, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I'll I think say that's that. fair. I'm going to give half a point for a good performance by my episode co-MVP, Adam Scott, and another half point for uh, co-MVP, Aziz Ansari. 
Uh, great job by both of them. I'm going to uh, give another half point for great guest stars. I won't go over the list again, but great guest stars in this episode for sure. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the John Ralphio combo. All the scenes with John Ralphio and either Ron or Tom, but but especially Ron, uh, are hilarious. So half point for that. I'm going to give half point to something that I've often done, but not always, but I'm going to do it here, called the bookend combo. I thought it was a great cold open with Leslie and Ben announcing their engagement, plus a great kicker, Tom winning Ron's support for Rent-A-Swag. I'm going to give a half point for what I call the Wyatt family combo, which I'm I'm kind of combining for all the scenes with Steve, Julia, and or Yulani making things an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I mean, I know I already mentioned the guest stars in general, but great yeah. job done by all oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah, well written. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I considered a nice resolution to the A and B stories. So half point for that. I'm going to give half point for the, 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 the point in the C story where April and Andy start listing off good and bad things to try and even Chris out. Just just crazy enough to work. That oh, just yeah. made me laugh. I love that. <laughs> and finally, I have to do it. A half point for the stare down. Between Ron and Steve <laughs> over the last bacon wrap shrimp. That's weird. I gave my half point to the bacon wrap shrimp. Oh, that's delicious. We're on the same wavelength. That's right. The the irresistible force meets the immovable object. All right. So you so you add all those crazy, crazy mark points up and you come up with nine little Sebastians, Alan. This was a strong, strong episode. And I realized I kind of mentioned it. This score suggests it's a step down from the previous episode, Halloween Surprise. But that's more of a testament to how good Halloween Surprise was, I think. Not that this episode was bad in any way. Um, Anyway, that's my review. Back to you, Alan. Very nice. Good job. I um I I'll start off by agreeing with you on on many points. Yay. I, um and and I don't really have anything to disagree on quite honestly, Ooh. just maybe a couple things to add. So right. um I will say and I've kind of said it and alluded to it. This is I thought the writing of this episode was particularly good. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't know if I'm giving uh Greg Levine was the writer. Uh, I mentioned he was also the script coordinator on like 110 episodes. Mm-hmm. He's producing that other podcast. And he also did The Bubble. And, and he also wrote The Bubble, which I also liked. Um, I, but that was early. And I think we, you know, maybe scores weren't quite as high as they're getting now at that point right. overall. But um, but that was more of a series arc issue, I think, than an episode-specific issue, as I recall. Right. But um, I'm interested why he didn't write more episodes, because I feel like this is, like, if you can write episode this good. He's got some chops. Yeah, Yeah, he, he certainly does. If we ever get a chance to talk to him, I know he's associated with that other podcast, but maybe we can create a bridge between us and, and get a chance to talk to Greg sometime. Or even better, let's just steal him away. They don't need him. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Who produces this show? But look at the look. Uh-oh. Yeah, don't get him upset with us again. God, Look, I have, it was like a, weeks since he wouldn't even talk to me. A bag of onions with your name on it. It's literally <laughs> got your name on it. All right. Uh, anyway, um, I also agree that uh, it was kind of nice to see Chris Pratt still be funny. One, without a lot of lines and two, with less opportunity. Um, I felt the same way about Aubrey. I felt the same way really about Donna and Jerry, although that's not as unusual for them as it is for uh, for Aubrey and Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, all four of those characters had great funny moments, but were never really central stage, right? Because of what all's going on in this episode. 
Right. Donna and Jerry particularly had a dearth of scenes. They really did. But yeah. but I agree with your point. Yeah. 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 And I, well, again, it's one of those if we'd been able to include a few of the deleted scenes that would have balanced out a little more. Of course. Right. Yeah. Right. We would have had um, some PBJ. We would have had some PBJ <laughs> um, and, and more Jerry screen time for sure. And a little more Donna screen time. Yep. I, I thought the quilt was terrific uh, device. Like, right. And it's so Leslie again. And I, yes. you know. I don't know if that was from Greg or the whole writer's room or what, if it had been a card for whatever, but um, it is so Leslie, you know, to move in this case from binder preparation to creating this symbol of their family unity. Um, I'm not sure she knew exactly what she was up against with Ben's parents, like or at least to the degree that she was, it was going to be as hard as it turned out to be. I, I think that Leslie is often unflappably optimistic or at least she she starts that way i think ben starts from a i don't know if i'd say ben is pessimistic but i don't think he expects as much success nearly as often as leslie does i think that's true if you think he's pleased when it happens oh yeah absolutely and they both celebrate it but i think you're right if you look at the campaign preparation when she started to run and he was our campaign manager that's the way he shows up a lot and so you know He's obviously from a bigger family. Maybe he's the, the youngest kid. Maybe that's a young kid, a third child syndrome. I don't know. Hmm. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. So um, the the C story was my least favorite of the three stories. Yeah. And I'm with you. I felt like because they took it a little over the top, it was more tolerable than if it had just been Chris whining again. Like he had to go extreme here. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because if it's – yeah, because if it's just him whining, well, that's just – boring and kind of sad that's not funny if you take it to like i love lucy over the top which he did now it gets funny yeah well in the past he's dealt with it here he he was dealing with extreme emotions and he you know kind of worked through those with his friends in the past he's had those uh, emotions as well but he's worked through it with exercise and other things so they always try to find a good chris way hopefully he's leveled out now and it's kind of going to fly a little more level for the rest of the series i think right. he does if i'm not mistaken right right i agree i certainly hope so yeah me too uh the other thing i really liked about this i agree that you gave your bookend award of course which is a terrific way of saying it good cold open good kicker but i particularly like the kicker in the sense that it caught me off guard a little bit and that it was a, a combo kicker it was resolution of a plot line yeah. plus, surprise, a kicker related to the resolution of the plot line, <laughs> right, which right. is a creative way to do it. Because so often the kicker's funny, but it's almost – so often the kicker is very funny, but it's almost throwaway. And yes. here it was definitely not. Right. Here it was the resolution of a plot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which we needed and appreciated. So. Right. Yeah, so nice job. Uh, for me, Mark, I gave this nine little Sebastians. Nice. Yeah. That is the correct score. It is the correct score. And I kind of similarly felt like you did that, you know, last week was maybe a step better. But again, it's just this is a very good episode. It is a very good episode. I yeah. agree. And, and again, great guest stars. You've kind of already said it. So we won't beat that dead horse anymore. But um, yeah, great one shot guest host is that as, as a matter of fact. You know, what's interesting to me, Alan, is I've, I looked a little bit like historically what people thought of Parks and Rec season two, season three, season four, season five, like what the public opinion was, so right. to speak. I am shocked that season five was was sometimes not viewed as highly as I think it should have been, because honestly, it's season five so far. These first episode six episodes, I think they've come on like gangbusters. Well, and I think it's especially true that, you know, 
it's almost like the second wave, right? There was a little bit of a downturn after. I mean, how do you go up from season three? You don't, first of all. Yeah, it's really tough. Season four had some great highlights, but I would say overall there was a slight dip in there somewhere. Um, hard to measure exactly when, but I feel like season five has risen above that a couple of times. And we're maybe on a little bit of a roller coaster. Not not no, no big depths, no big dives, right. but just a little up and down. Right. I mean, I, I would say if season five continues like this, it may be my second favorite season behind season three. Yeah. Well, that's a strong statement. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of dot, 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 Mark. Yes. Next week, we'll be back with season five, episode seven, Leslie versus April. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's going to be a contest. It's going to be a contest for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Season five's got a couple of those Versus and Anne's. We've got mm-hmm. Leslie versus April. We've got a Ron and Diane. We've got a Anne and Chris. Yeah, there's a bunch of them with them. They're junctions. Wow. Conjunctions. Yeah. What's your function? Conjunction, it's a, hooking up verbs and phrases and clauses. That's, <laughs> That's what, what they do. Yeah, yep. That is what they do. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, this week. And we look forward to talking to you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Music